Pretty sure that's their that's one of their song, their albums like Heavy as Bloom or something. Body Snatcher. Oh, okay. I was thinking I was like still so far, so I was like we just kind of switched up. I feel like I should hold this candle under me the whole time, like I'm ominous. Tell a campfire story. <laughs> and then just inhale the fumes that it fucking said. It'd be great if like occasionally you pulled up a s'more. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually all I do. Though. I don't talk the whole episode. That's just be s'mores. I just. <laughs> And like fucking hot dogs and just other campfire foods. The whole episode, you keep burning the marshmallow too much, and then finally at the end, you have it. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, and every time I get close, you take it off. Stacking the other one on. <laughs> Dude, we should do that, kind of like uh, how Joe Bob does the fucking. He has that, like, not like a Yule wall, but like a cool wall. Yeah. We should, we should do something like that. I don't know how we're gonna do that. Dang <laughs> it, bro. Oh shit. What if I just what if I what if I just join the Twitch as a duo? Just start commenting and shit. Great job. Yeah, you guys are the best. Yeah, I just start shit posting myself. Tyler doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> That guy's a fucking idiot. Yeah, what's, he he doing? 20, what's he on a 2015 MacBook over there? <laughs> yeah. Like that's exactly what I'm doing. Fucking amateur hour, dude. Uh. Well, Caleb, I'll... me too. Yeah. Caleb, you, you, I... you hit the intro, buddy. We might as well start. We start clear with this. <laughs> we'll get shitty auto through me. Like... Uh, uh, purple. I like purple. Fuck. <laughs> no, no, it's not funny. No, no. Can I get an orange? I like orange. Okay. Caleb looks like Caleb looks like he's in a seventies adult film set. Get the fucking drummer for Foghat. It, it's the mustache tops that like keep <laughs> at it. Yeah, yeah, just come in, start singing, start singing slow ride for me as we enter this podcast. You guys, you guys would understand if you went and saw X, you would get it. Oh yeah, it's true, true. That's a good. Oh, okay. actually, that's Water. a good call. Wow, I got energy here. Oh, dude, you're fucking hype. You guys work tomorrow? Yeah, I do, but this is also, I just had my podcast for an hour and a half before this. Oh, fuck yeah, so you're like, uh... 
You're like in prime time. I'm moving, bro. I'm fucking getting shit. <laughs> yeah. Fucking knocking oh. things out. Out here, hustle. <laughs> bro, I fucking hustle. You guys are. You guys know about NFTs? Not an NFT person, but I'm not spending tons of money on an ape. No. No. Me neither. I, I missed the crypto boat. I might as well just miss the NFT boat. So. There should be a little forty NFT though. I wonder if there is. The prop missed out. I feel like maybe not though. Maybe we should jump on that bandwagon. Are NFTs? Has anyone thought about that? Can right, right. Just be out here on that right now. Yeah, is this streaming? Fuck. I just give our thought to make a ride. God. Oh, some, Twitch, some Twitch kids are like, let's get this going. Fuck! <laughs> 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 Throw my idea right out from under the man. It's a bad, bad idea, Tyler. We should not. Horrible. I don't think that'll make any money. Yeah, anybody who does that's a fucking idiot. Why, why, why would you do that? I'm gonna just start fucking shit posting right now. Terrible yeah, idea. Like, bad idea. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> don't listen to that guy. I heard he's got a lot of student loan debt. What? Fuck it, we're live. <laughs> wow. I'm Tyler coming in with shit fucking audio like an amateur for the newest member of the team's first episode this is how we break them in over here at tapehead this is you know it's not it's not a cakewalk you know you got to really pay the toll to get to the to the to the boys hole exactly uh, <laughs> stop getting get smacked with the paddle thank you sir that's, can i have another thank yes, you sir can I have another that's it. But yes yeah, everyone that's welcome it. chris to the show this is Woo. he's he's been on the episode we did uh a little while back with uh the stuff and uh Longtime friend and uh, longtime horror lover, so it just fucking it makes sense. So everyone, welcome Chris to the show. Hello, buddy. I'm fucking stoked to be here. Thank you guys. And, and no, no better episode to kick off my first one with than this one. Oh, dude, I I can't agree more. True, it's true. Well, Chris, I feel like did we kind of do an introduction on the episode of the stuff? We kind of walked through your horror history, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. A little bit I mean, to some degree I think, I think we covered like like the first movie that ever scared the shit out of me basically i think we talked about that but i think that was really about it there's really not too much to say i mean um i started collecting uh physical media within the last couple of years and build up my girlfriend and i built up a hell of a collection so that's what i do over on instagram just kind of collect really awesome fucking uh horror physical media and love it obsessed with it so feel that what you know what i think it's fair too though i think we should get your take on monster mania because you were with us and we only we had to speak for you so and you went technically twice you did like a tour de force you went not once but twice through that whole thing so how about this tell us a little bit about your time prior to us and then you know because we covered the bases with what we did but we'd love to love to hear your little rundown yeah so my girlfriend actually grew up going to monster mania and um Every single year, it comes around twice, we go to both of them. It's usually either her and I, or her, us and her brothers, usually. Um, 
this year was really awesome because the past couple of years there really hasn't been many conventions. We did have one last year, but there was all kinds of restrictions and it just didn't feel like Monster Mania. So this year we, we went really early. We got there at like 10 o'clock as soon as doors open and blew hundreds of dollars within uh, a couple minutes of being in there. As one yeah, does. dude. I got, I, we walked in and went right to the left because that's where Vinegar Syndrome sets up their table every year. Instantly, 70 bucks. And then got out of room number one, we got to the back area. And then it was a couple of titles I picked up at um, Diabolic. I picked up, I spent like $100 at Diabolic. Nice. And then when I was going to meet up with you guys and go, Erica was like, you should spend more money. And I was like, okay, I will. So spend more money with you guys. And how do you say no to that, right? Like, hey, spend more money be like no i'm financially stable i don't do that say no you gotta spend it dude that's just that's free reign that's like a hall pass financially you know dude she she says that because we don't we don't do much stuff like that like we don't really go out with intention of spending money too much so for us to go out to monster mania it's kind of like a treat to ourselves uh we just pull a ton of cash and I actually really hate that all those vendors take cards because I usually restrict myself with the yeah. cash. Ugh. It's so, so easy, dude. You just charge it to yeah. the game. You're not even thinking about it. You're just like, oh, yeah. I spent $350 and only came in thinking I was going to spend 150 And then yeah. there you are. That, well, that's what was funny. We went, we stopped and pulled money on our way there. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to be a little bit, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take it easy this year. I pulled like 250 and I turn around and my girlfriend's like, oh, how much did you pull? I'm like, yeah, 250 bucks. She's like, oh, I pulled 350. Oh, I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, Here we oh. go. <laughs> and just blow it all. Yeah, that's, uh, I've, I've yet to, um, well, I got Annie Lee's meat pies, I think through vinegar syndrome, which by the way, was it, was it Jennifer? Was that her name? I know I we brought remember, her up man. last episode. We brought her up last episode. We talked about it uh, a little bit. I don't know. I think like I can talk about her every. I, I could talk about her every episode. I hope she's listening, Jennifer. You know, I know I'm not. I'm not whoever the guy is that you're probably with that was running Paul Bear on the other side. But you know, I'm a. I'm a pretty pretty cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, listen, I'm a cool I, guy. I'm a all right guy. I think you guys were the same height too. That's what I'm saying, dude. I mean, and look at this. Look at this. Look at this wall behind me, huh? Let's talk about that guy's got a fortune back here. Look at the crown molding. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Good morning, Julie. Good morning, Jennifer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, I wound up spending too much money. And one thing I wanted to tell you guys that I don't think I maybe I did. Maybe I said something in the chat. I don't know. But uh, speaking of Paul Bear Press, I spent a fuck ton of money this last week on har merch i ordered like everything that i wanted to get at paul bear um at monster mania that they didn't have at my size i just ordered it online and i wound up spending like 250 on their site and then i went on gutter garbs and i got a couple things on there i went on cavity colors i got a couple things on there uh i went on fright rags but i really didn't see too much on there and then i went on uh oh i got Shout out Bad Taste Boys. Um, they put out merch uh, just a couple days ago, and yes, I ordered a did. shirt from them. Well, um, I'm going to have to get on that. Oh, do, yeah, do you, okay, definitely. Here's a question, and maybe Bad Taste Boys, if you guys are listening, you can walk me through. Again, anything that deals with technology, I'm like clearly fucking illiterate over here with these fucking <laughs> jangly boys on. But 
I do, do you have to have a PayPal in order to pay via said PayPal or can you do it another way? I was trying to figure it out and mind you when I mean I was trying to figure it out I took all of seven minutes and was like I did just no way I can't do it but do you have to create a pay- PayPal account in order to pay through PayPal? Yes. Fuck. It's, it's right. easy as hell. We have a Is PayPal. It? We do? We have a PayPal. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, I made this a um, PayPal when uh, we LLC'd ourselves. Listen, if anybody's even remotely listening to this fucking podcast, they know I'm the one asleep at the wheel half the time. Caleb's <laughs> running the fucking show. No, but listen, I, funny you say that because I'm the one that's physically asleep at the wheel when I go to work at five in the morning every day. It's fucking... It's, not, it's not good. It's really not. It, it's not, Well, listen, here, that's the crazy part. I mean, when you talk about driving, especially when you're in, like, the throes of a long work week, like... I'm, I'm sure you guys relate. Like, if I'm driving to work, there's especially when you do it over and over again. Are there times where you just like fucking? It's like a brownout. It's not a full blackout, but you're just oh. like 20 minutes down the road, and you're like, "What? How the fuck did I get here?" Bro, so I drive. I drive an hour, and oh shit, ninety percent of that ride is 55. So I take 55 all the way to the end to 42. And there are right. times where in between, especially if I'm driving home, I'm like. Man, I could have fucking killed somebody. I dude, have no dude it's so scary. And, and 55 and 42 arguably are some of the – my least favorite highways I've ever been on in my entire life. Well, 55 trips me out because I'll be – I'll kind of look around and I'll be like, okay, cool. I'm around this exit. And then a couple yeah. miles later, it looks like that again. And I'm like – I'm like, did it, I just go a fucking circle and I'm driving straight? What the hell? You just, you just fucking, you just portaled back to the same place on 55. I know. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like, uh, it's like Nightmare on Elm Street 4. I'm like, <laughs> over and she keeps running, keep running through the truck over and over. <laughs> yeah, it's literally like, but I mean, 55, it has its own, talk about paranormal stuff. I mean, there's like around exit 53 where you're kind of going into like Pittman in that area. Like they, millions of, not millions, but Plenty. Billions. <laughs> Billions. 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 Have died. <laughs> yeah, but like, all right, like fucking 12, which in our world is like, that's a lot for one area. But, you know, you got the mental hospital right there, too. So I've seen people from Ancora. I saw a girl in a dress, like in a full gown from Ancora, like walking the road, like in like a wedding dress, almost. Like, that's what it looked like she was wearing, like just in a full suit. I saw a guy with like, it looked... I thought he was a ghost. Mind you, I'm going like 85 on the left-hand lane south on 55. And the dude's walking backwards with his, his body facing traffic. But he's in like this white like coveralls, but they're black, like striped almost. It looks like he was out of like the 1920s Great Depression, like suffering from tuberculosis. And he just came out of a fucking ward. Like, but he had a pillow with him. And like I zoomed right by, dude. It was... Mad creepy. There, oh my God, it's, all, it's all the ghosts of people that you've hit unknowingly in those brown spots when you're driving home. <laughs> <laughs> you. They're haunting you now. A hundred percent, dude. A hundred percent. Like they just, dude. Oh, that'd be a great horror movie theme. If like, literally, like think about that because there's people with fucking like narcolepsy and shit. Like, who's to say you're driving and you don't fucking somebody Yo. one time? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they fucking like. like they follow you everywhere and like you look outside your window and they're standing there like Michael Myers, you know what I mean? I don't know. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. Somebody uh Ed Nogo in chat says that he saw the same fucking guy. No way. Oh, yeah, he's he's a local guy. He's uh, I'm friends with him. He said that oh, I, I was just saying, the same I was like guy. is he 
Is he that guy? Is he, I, I, actually, I'm that guy. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that was me, bro. <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking out. Funny story, I actually went to Slab Town Road a couple weeks ago. Did, did, did anything happen? No, and I was during the day. Okay. Um, went there to hang out and shoot, and the, the lady on the corner called the cops. Yeah, no, they always, always do. Does. They always uh, do. Is, yeah. it the, is it the rich and rich one? It's the one on the corner, the big house, like up on the hill. Oh, like, yeah, on the other side back. of the bridge. Yeah. The house across just, the street um, used to be, it was abandoned, and that's where yeah. I would park, or that's where we would park. Right? Yeah. Now, the, lives there, they rebuilt that house. So, okay, that's funny you know that. So, my grandparents live a half mile down the road from Slabtown. So, they're Fox's Mill. So, if you go past Slabtown, there's the little side road on your right. That's what leads you back to Daretown Lake. So, they live right on that corner there. That yeah, Daretown so for, for anybody listening, um, we are all based out of New Jersey, and New Jersey has its own zine um, called Weird New Jersey. Um, there's a lot of like paranormal phenomenon that gets reported within the magazine and creates tourist attractions and things like that. And we actually have a few of them local to us. Um, Slabtown Road is one of them that's always notorious for like orbs and uh, noises within the woods. Um, there's like a trail that you walk back. Um, has well, some history to it, you know. Um, it's and it's creepy too because. That's that one section of the road. The trees kind of canopy over top of the yeah. road. And it goes from like yeah. Yeah. Especially it's at night. a wild looking place. It is. Well, and we went, Caleb. If you remember, we went with a large group years ago. We're talking yeah. probably a decade ago. Yeah. And when you supposedly when you park on one side of the bridge, when you walk to the other, that's where the orbs are all over the bridge. But when you walk to the other side, we heard this. Great. It sounded like somebody screaming. It really and did. Then yeah. Yeah. Half of us went back over the bridge, and Caleb and a couple others stayed on that side of the bridge, and the noise continued, and we didn't fucking hear it on our end. They came walking back over the bridge, and they're like, "Man, that's crazy! It's still going." And we're like, "We didn't, we didn't hear a fucking thing over there." Yeah. yeah that shit was wild. Yeah. Dude, I didn't know that. So that's funny. You got that's so cool. I I, I never really thought about that with Slide Town, but I took people there all the time because. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, especially when we're like us, where you kind of have a, an affinity for the creepy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you just kind of got, you're just drawn to it. So for me, for Slabtown, I was like, when I heard about that, just through my family, because they all, my mom lived close by and there was always the lure from it. So what I always did was I brought groups of people with me. We would park on that little side there yeah. where you can go to like people fish and we would walk it all the time. Dude, I've had like three first dates there. With girls, <laughs> it's not a, dude. It's not a bad spot. I mean, if, if they're it's into cool. it, it's cool. You know. Yeah. It's yeah like, Tyler's like, dude. Tyler's like, I have three charges. <laughs> yeah, there's actually three miss. There's three missing bodies. That's kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. Accidental drowning. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, that's amazing. But then, funny enough, my mom actually lives on the opposite side of Mutton Town Woods. Um, oh, which yes. Mutton Town Woods has a bit of a history because that was the last known legal hanging in New Jersey um, for like criminals. Um, yep. And then, uh, so like the 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 lore there is is that like you know they are all trapped in like this like purgatory state within those woods, and it's a very weird. If you look up Mutton Town Woods on like Weird New Jersey, anybody listening, you go in and do that. Um, it's pretty wild because they have, uh, like, you'll see it's just a very small square patch of woods, and then yep. it's just open fields around that whole area. And there's it's the like, intersection, too, right? There's the, it's an intersection. It's a four-way, you know, fucking crossway, crossroad, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, 
and it's a very small patch of square woods and then it's an open fields all around it so but yeah i mean this is going to be one thing that we uh want to implement within the show uh, especially having weird new jersey um just talking about like some paranormal stuff just because like it's fun and uh interesting you know even if you don't really buy it or believe into it it's just like it's kind of cool to like talk about you know because i mean there's definitely been tons of stories especially the one that was written up about like the woodstown hotel like that just seemed like total yeah. bullshit like it like just like how it was written it just was it was written like like total like just cliched vibes shit it was just like and a man was standing cloaked at the bar it was just like yes, yes. well it's also best. it was like the written version of what you fucking see on like ghost hunters where you're like did you hear yeah. that yeah oh, and it's like so, oh, yeah oh, it's some oh. some dude just accidentally farted in the corner and you're like oh, <laughs> oh it's fucking don't worry it's so just willie he's drunk <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, that's actually that reminds me for next episode. I, I I think it'd be cool to take a little piece out of it because I I grew up like Slap Town, like Mutton Town. Which, by the way, Mutton Town. The story I heard uh, akin to that was there was a drag racing event because they used to do them all in the seventies. Well, yeah, that used to happen a lot there as well. Yeah, my pop up, God rest his soul, that a baby was killed there in the back seat of an actual race. Where an accident occurred and you could still like it and if you roll out to the intersection you could turn the lights off roll your windows down apparently you can see i think i've heard you could see orbs and you could hear the baby crying those are the two big things which is wild have you, have you guys done echo ghost uh no, no but somebody but in chat just that. talked about echo ghost oh, that's yeah cool. so so my stepdad grew up in echo okay and yeah. always wanted to go there but um supposedly there's these i don't know if they're locals or what but they actually hide out back in the notoriously haunted areas of echo and they will fuck your shit up like my dad told me very explicitly he grew up his entire life there he's like do not go to these spots because people tourists technically would go park their car and then there would be just kids waiting in the woods with baseball bats beat the shit out of the car people have died like or got severely injured at some of these ghost spots because the locals know and most of that shit's private property too. I think some of those areas. So yeah, sure. And Atco, man, Atco is out there. That should be its moniker. Yeah. Atco is out there. <laughs> We're out <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is out there. But you know, that's the other thing I wanted to bring up on the next episode, which would be cool. We should try and see if we could tour it. Which now I've just opened us up for so many legal things if we do it. Barry's <laughs> Chapel. Barry's Chapel. Yeah. Uh, the old church in Quinton. That was. Um, uh, I, I believe it was a it was an African American church in the twenties and thirties, and it burned down. Um, so there's all like unmarked graves and shit. But they've always said it was haunted. I mean, back yeah. to when my parents were in high school and middle school. So be cool well, to touch what? on that. It's yeah. a really cool link because think of horror movies and where the lore for them come from. It comes from all of this kind of stuff. You know, it's 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 such a good link between oh, yeah. horror movies and the paranormal. Transition it upon is. transition. Yeah. Trans- transition upon transition, Chris. I fucking love this, dude. Thank God you're our third. Um, <laughs> fucking, well, so I, I looked up the folklore of zombie, the word zombie. Mm. And speaking of zombie. Um, zombie. But it's actually Haitian folklore uh, that kind of in some way, shape, or form from the 1700s that stems from voodoo. Is where that came from, specifically. And it kind of ties into like slavery and slaves of you know Haitian descent actually wanting to like commit suicide to get out of the basic purgatory that their lives were in but that they were afraid they would come back to life after the fact 
So that's kind of where that, not the word itself, zombie comes from, but the idea of the the living dead comes from that then got formulated yeah. into zombie. But they but they say the historic back point of that is, I think it was Romero was actually the first person to use the word in its form as we know it now, zombie in Dawn of the Dead, which leads us into zombie or zombie two. So. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's shit. interesting too because uh, if you go to New Orleans, it, there's a heavy, heavy culture of that there with voodoo yeah. and zombie oh, and yeah. stuff like that. I think that that's one of those places that you kind of where that originates from. They believe in in all that kind of stuff over there. But yeah, I know zombies. I know the history of zombies were, or the history of the dead rising. Uh, I think started in like the 30s and 40s in actual film, but no word. Yeah. There was no word to describe it. It was just the dead. No, I was, and this is just a thought that came into my head when I was reading about that. But I wonder, because uh, mummy and zombie are they the same thing? Are they two separate entities entirely? That's a whole different little. I think genre you could say Frankenstein. Yeah, too. true. Yeah, true. Because yeah. he was he dead kinda, and put together. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Wow. We should fucking... I almost... You know what's funny? I almost did an honors thesis for American Studies, which shows you, you know, just great choices in life that I had with all that student loan debt fucking American Studies degree. Yeah, it's all great. paid off. Oh, uh, it's all paid off, guys. Right here, right now. This is what it was leading toward. <laughs> but uh, I almost wrote a thing about, like... Uh, it was a thesis about what scares people or like what actual the fear of like the monsters the mythical creatures came from but specifically zombies uh i thought was a pretty cool one to like kind of hone in on because it it comes from different things there's like the nuclear warfare side of zombies and like the apocalypse apocalyptic side of what could happen Mm -hmm. with zombies slavery obviously that i mentioned back in the 1700s so it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty cool thing and i don't i don't know I mean, to your point, Chris, I don't know how much it gets mentioned in the lore of, like, you know, the werewolf, Dracula. Again, Frankenstein's kind of its own. Yeah, the thing. monsters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, but it, it's it's pretty cool, though, that George Romero kind of coined the word, at least how it's phrased in the world of horror, too, which I thought was pretty dope. Is that late, like 1970, what, Dawn of the Dead came out in 78, 79? Nine. Uh, Dawn Eight. of the Dead, you said? Dawn of the 78, Eight, right? yeah. Because, yeah, Zombie yeah. 79. So. Well, it's interesting. Like, the history of Zombie, like, Fulci Zombie, is crazy, too. Because Dawn of the Dead um, was cut in Italy by Dario Argento for the Italian release. Uh, so he... The film got sent over there. Dario Argento took it over for editing. And he was the one who worked with Goblin for the soundtrack of it. And basically, at that, at that time film studios were just hopping on whatever was popular so they saw studios over there kind of saw earlier cuts of dawn of the dead and were like man this thing's fucking great we need to hop on this wagon and a studio had the script for zombie and that's how fulci got involved and it was crazy because in the span of two years you have george Romero's dawn of the dead it's the scene you have argento's cut of dawn of the dead hitting italy and then you have fulci releasing at the time zombie 2 uh, because yeah. they, they like technically, I think they like technically almost were treating it like a sequel, to, like an unattached yeah. sequel. Right. Yep. So it's real crazy because even still now, I think there's seven zombie entries, the films that are out that yeah. are just 
sequels that have no attachment. One is Killing Birds, Zombie Five. Yeah. And then, so it, it's really crazy how this movie. Can you imagine being an audience in 1978, 79, and just like, what am I? What the fuck's happening? <laughs> Trying to keep up with the meta of zombie movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, even if they, and I mean, a lot of them probably didn't even associate. Well, to your point, I mean, how many people actually, when they went to view Zombie, associated it with Dawn of the Dead? Because they are completely, they're just separate movies in their own right. And if you didn't know the back story of that, you know, and especially in 1979 with how little information they had then compared to us now. How many of them knew that, you know, um, which I think is pretty interesting, you know, over. Well, it's interesting because zombie, technically, if you watch zombie, it could play out like a prequel to Dawn of the Dead, because at the end of sure. zombie, you have New York uh, being right. taken over. Yeah. yeah. So I guess you could technically link them in a very loose way. Um, yeah, sure. You, you, def- you definitely could. And I think I wish, man, I and that's might as well get into it, right? Um, you know, with, with Zombie, I, I think what's so cool about that movie for me is, especially as, and I've seen bits and pieces of the film prior to, but I've never seen it altogether. This was really my first watch, second watch technically today. But those New York City shots, man, they were so fucking cool, especially on the water, like it was where they did sort of that aerial, so cool. like helicopter, yeah. like viewpoint, almost like you were the police themselves into the actual, them seeing the zombie come up from underneath. The, what do you actually call that on a boat? I am not good with boat terminology. On the Starboard, the fucking the cabin. Thank you. Yeah, yeah the, cabin. the cabin. Yeah, that's a hard word, Tyler. You fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> cabin, dude. Uh, yeah, the cabin underneath, and zombie comes up. But even that viewpoint of the zombie like turning and walking toward the police officer with the backdrop of the bridge in New York City as a whole, so fucking cool. And the only thing I could think about that whole time and that and that especially that initial scene is like because you can. Anyone who's been across the Hudson River on, like, the ferry or anything, you do get a pretty... If you have decent vision, you can kind of see what's being made out mm-hmm. on each side yeah. of the Hudson River. So, like, I wonder, like, what, like, somebody fucking biking along the Hudson River sees with this, like, fucking <laughs> thing just, like, walking the boat. <laughs> yeah. In like, what the fuck is going on? There's, like, helicopters like, circling, like... <laughs> yeah, and they're like... Ah, so, but, you know what? I mean, New York, they're just probably so, like indoctrinated to that they're like oh it's just another fucking thing the movie meanwhile by like i would be fucking mind-boggled that also gets me into the story and how i saw james franco in manhattan but that's a whole that's a whole different story for a whole different day whole different day that's what's crazy because fulci zombie was fulci's first horror movie so when i was rewatching zombie i remember thinking like this movie is technically so fucking well done like there are shots in this movie that are incredible like beyond the effort most people are going to put into zombie movies there is a very particular shot in the graveyard that i love when a zombie start rising and it stays on the one character's face as she slowly turns to look behind her and the hand comes up and the body starts rising and i just remember thinking like holy shit fulci put so much into this movie and it makes it so much more effective yeah. Now is that is that where because that particular scene, uh, that's where they they're basically traveling throughout the woods after basically after the point that they get to Matul Island mm-hmm. and you know they kind of now the only thing I get a little where it got a little gray for me through the watch is the doctor specifically Doctor Menard played by Richard Johnson. I, I think I must have missed the boat twice now. I don't know how I did this. What 
I know he was treating patients on Matul Island with the sickness that obviously turned them into zombies, but did he, I couldn't, again, from the watch, I couldn't figure out whether he played a part in that or was just unbeknownst to him treating patients that ended up becoming zombies and he was just in the thick of it. Or did he have an ulterior motive? Because I missed that part, to be frank, with Dr. Dr. Menard. I think it depends because his wife makes a reference on his experiments. Right. But then you also have the voodoo that's occurring as well. Now, you could also look at it as maybe he was keeping them alive, and that's what she was referencing as experiments because he's studying them as opposed to just putting them down. Um, To be honest with you, that was a plot point that kind of shot by me as well. I remember halfway through, I'm thinking like, I don't, I don't, I don't think this guy made them, unless I missed yeah. something that Caleb did. No, I mean, because you yeah, remember the, there's the scene where he draws his own blood too and puts it under the microscope, and I'm like, I, uh, is he like mixing normal human blood and like zombified blood? Like, that's the part that kind of just, it, I think it just shot over me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think I don't think he like created this. I think maybe it was something that he discovered because they talk about like the voodoo element, and I think he was noticing mm-hmm. that like bodies were coming back to life and he was maybe trying to figure out like if there was something in their blood so i think he drew blood from himself put it on another specimen's blood to see if it would react a certain type of way or infect you know his own bloodstream something along those lines um that was kind of like the vibe that i got from it because it doesn't have like that like reanimator vibe or Mm -hmm. like um you know, like even like Resident Evil to have like have like a more like modern take on it where like there's like, you know, scientists are creating something. That's not really like what it seemed like. Or Day of the Dead even. Yeah, 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 or Day, correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But one thing I definitely want to hit on is so going through this movie from beginning to end, how crazy the opening of this movie is. It's how you just have this you have this shot of a wrapped up body in a white sheet rising well it starts with the shot of the gun you see the barrel of the gun the body yep. starts to rise you get a wicked practical effects headshot like and then he just, like the says, yeah. he just says ready to guess like the boat can go now and you're yeah. just like what is happening and then you're introduced to a boat that's empty and right coast guard is called because this boat almost got hit by another ship and i just remember thinking man this goes just right into it there's no Oh, hold over here. No, no, no. Yeah, no build up at all. I mean, it just it throws you immediately in because, yeah, after the gunshot and he says his line, it, I think it even goes right into the is the opening credits right after that or is it after the boat scene in which they kill the zombie and then he falls into the Hudson and then it goes into credits like opening um, credits. I, I can't remember. The, I think the credits roll after the gunshot. I'm pretty sure. I thought so, too. Yeah, because yeah, it's sure. like, yeah, it, it boots you in. It boots yeah, you in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then. You know, because after, because to your to your point, Chris, right? Because th- that's just two wicked scenes right up front. The, the gunshots in the head, and then you get the the graphic. It almost looks like the eyeball comes out of uh, his head. Who we come to find out who that person was. Yeah. Um, but and then you get the the whole boat scene. He gets his fucking throat. The the police officer goes to the cabin, gets his throat chewed out. That's another thing I've noticed too. And as we get more into like Italian films, for at least for me anyway, which you know I don't have. You know, much much involvement there, but they're they're really focused on the throat. I've noticed, uh, and especially Fulci, specifically in this film, there's a lot of there's a lot of throat 
close-ins, you know, close-ups, I should say, with the fucking think, blood coming out, so. I think, too, though, this was still in a revolution of practical effects. Like, you have yeah. Jallo, Italian Jallo films doing a lot of interesting stylistic stuff, but this was right when Savini is doing Dawn of the Dead, and he's really doing tons yep. of new effects and new styles and stuff, so I think this is yeah. right right at the peak of the kind of the revolution of practical effects and at that point i think neck appliances were the easiest and the most effective to pull off because most of the kills by the zombies in the movie for the exception of the feeding scene they're all neck yeah yeah right it's true and but it's also it's just i for me anyway as a viewer like the neck and the eyes it's just because they're such vulnerable i mean and if you also think of the human body and like a warrior mentality, the neck is one of the most moral places you can get to. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's also just one of those things that just makes you cringe like immediately when you watch oh, it. So yeah. it's very effective. It's very effective that way. Funny um, story. So I want to ask this to you guys because I know mine. So my introduction to zombie, when I was a kid, Arrow in the Head, the Joe Blow Horror News Network. I don't know if you guys remember arrowinthehead.com. So no. they were like the bloody disgusting of the 20 like early 2007 2005 like that yeah. era and they were posting horror news they used to have something called the kill of the day and all five days of the week they would upload a kill from a horror movie and they had a database on there and i would just go on and watch all the clips and they had the splintering eye scene yeah on there and i remember yeah. thinking like oh, oh my fucking god and even now <laughs> watching that scene that it pulls off the difference between her and the dummy head that they use so well that it tricked me again like i was watching it and i'm like oh my fucking god i'm like how the hell do you do that especially the yeah. rip dude it's dude. such a brutal scene and I, I can't watch it like i actually it's one of the and i don't mind any real kills like i can i can pretty much stomach anything but that particular it, it fucks with me every time like the first because I, it's not that I haven't seen that kill before because funny enough the first time I saw it was and this had to be probably probably around the same time period 06, 07, 08-ish going online and what kickstarted my whole fascination with horror was Bravo's it was like the scariest movie moments in history and they used to do it every Halloween and it was kind of on mm-hmm. the same I would toggle between that and AMC all the time like it was yeah. just it was the routine for the month of October but it, one year it kicked me off to go like, I just want to see what else is out there and what other people think of other horror movies. And um, I, it was some, it was some weird like forum of some sort that was just ranking them. And right before it was the Hitcher, the Finger, and the French Fry. Um, mm-hmm. And then right after that was exactly that kill. And I, I couldn't watch it then. Watching it like five days ago for my first like full view through couldn't watch it like it still fucks with me for like i can't do eyes it's like my no-go zone yeah well i'm looking at this now uh gianetto de rossi is who i'm butchering the name probably um I like that's it, who did the special effects in, in in zombie um and i'm looking at the uh the, the catalog of, of 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 movies they've worked on and uh a lot of italian stuff that i'm very unfamiliar with um, but then, like, you get uh, a little bit further on um, Zombie Hol- Holocaust, um, a.k.a. Dr. Butcher, M.D., uh, came out in 1980. Um, 
Rambo 3, uh, which that's crazy. Uh, 1984, Dune. Um, wow. Conan the Destroyer in 1984. Um, and uh, the mini, TV mini Pompeii in 2007. Um, so, like, definitely a vast catalog of, of working on things. I mean, I remember, like, Conan and Dune, they both had great special effects. So... Uh, G- uh, what's it? Uh, Gianetto, definitely, or G- I guess that's a probably the yeah best. It's like, Gianetto. Yeah, Gianetto. Yeah, um, but the best way uh, I could say that. Um, but okay, yeah, definitely. What was your introduction? What was for, your introduction zombie? to zombie? Yeah. Um, so mine was definitely uh, more recent, uh, probably within like the last like. Oh. 10 years I would say um you know I've been collecting physical media for several years now and um I got hooked into um big boxes I I had a few big boxes on VHS and I just like there was just something about like the big box VHS culture like it was just like really cool and like having like I've always appreciated like physical media of course but like a larger um, item always like enticed me. So like laser discs and CEDs and you know vinyl. You know like those are all things that like are 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 interesting to me uh, because the artwork is all blown up and bigger and stuff. And yeah, so that's just how I got into big boxes. And uh, one of like the more notable companies that put out big boxes was Wizard Video. And um, pretty much like one of the grails to have, um, you know, if you collect VHS, is the Wizard Video copy of. Of zombie um i came across this film from the cover uh i think i was scrolling through tubi um like years ago and I th- it was either tubi or prime video um and uh this popped up and this was at the time where like i was pretty much like surface level horror fan like i was obsessed with horror but like you know i really wasn't like digging into like older stuff i was just like constantly trying to like fill my brain with like new um horror films so like, that was in the time where like i really wasn't like digging any deeper into the older stuff and i wasn't appreciating it as much as i should have as much as i do now um mm-hmm. and i remember seeing the cover and i'm like that's a fucking crazy ass cover and uh, like that i'm like i gotta see that based on that plus like fast forward to now like probably between this and like day of the dead is like definitely what keeps my obsession with zombie films alive i mean you know 28 days later resident evil like over the modern ones and stuff but like you know i definitely (laughs) you know really like zombie films uh in general uh but i I watched it and I fucking instantly fell in love with it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly when the time frame would be, but I'd say probably within like the last like, I'd say probably like around like maybe like 2012, 2013 is probably when I saw it. Um, and, uh, you know, I just like that kind of started this like whole like Fulci, you know, train. You know, I'm wearing a fucking City of the Living Dead shirt. Um, that's another one. You know, the Gates of Hell trilogy, as he calls yeah. it, or is claimed to. Yeah. You know, that's what it is. But you know, that's like City of the Living Dead. You know, um, zombie fucking. Um, I think it's like the Beyond. The Beyond, yeah. yeah. So um, you know, it's just like so fucking good. The soundtracks are always amazing. You know, the soundtrack for Zombie is another one to even talk about. It's oh, yeah. really, really fucking good. 
Speaking of the soundtrack, I mean, I just want to shout out. We've been talking a lot, Caleb, because you're getting more into the Blu-ray yeah, yeah, collecting yeah. and stuff. And so I watched, I have the Blue Underground, the Blu-ray uh, that they released before they actually released the 4K. And this has 4K restoration on it. It's uh, two discs, so you have your main feature on one, you have interviews on a second, but then Blue Underground throws in the soundtrack on a CD, which is typically included in these BU releases. Yeah, but that's all, yeah. The crazy thing about these releases, and we actually talked about this when I was on the Stuff episode, is how much physical media is contributing to these movies having a new life. Because watching this movie on this Blu-ray, it looked looked within 10 years old it looked absolutely incredible so and, and in contrast i watched it through uh it was cult flicks i, I have a fucking trial of cult flicks now so for 4.99 a month but to that point it some of the scenes i, I couldn't actually see them they were so dark and granted it could have just been my tv settings to be fair but <laughs> <laughs> but still there was there were certain scenes that i i you actually had to like really really focus to see what was happening but to that point i mean yeah they're they're bringing a whole new life but a whole new a sense of viewership not just from the person viewing it obviously but to the actual way in which you can view the view the film because the way i watched it 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 was it was a little rough at parts you know so uh yeah and that was obviously you know probably how most people viewed it prior to that so yeah, it's a big thing. Yeah, and that's that's the great thing though is that especially Blue Underground, I consider like if you want to talk top boutique labels for releases, Blue Underground is top. It's run by William Lustig, who's directed tons of movies. Caleb actually just watched uh, Maniac Cop, so he yeah. owns uh, Blue Underground, and they do time and time again the best restorations. And I mean. There was not a single scene in Zombie that I was like, oh, look, a little bit of natural grain felt there. Or like, oh, there's a little bit of trouble here. The movie looked lawless beginning yeah. to end. And it actually kind of made me like, man, I should, I, I, I really want to pick up the, the true 4K and see if it's even better. Because watching it on Blu-ray, which is still 1080p, I was fucking stunned at how good this movie looked. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, because I mean, like, you know, I watched it on uh, Shudder. And I would imagine since Shudder is, you know, definitely um, like I know that they have contracts with different uh, release companies and they are. Uh, Hello, Kitty. Um, they uh, they definitely like put out their films on physical media. I know that they, they, they back physical media pretty hard. Um, I would imagine that that's probably like one of the more updated scans. Um, that's yeah. on Shudder. Um, and it was, I mean, it was amazing. And I, I told you guys, um, you know, off uh, off air that uh, this was my first time watching it uh, not on VHS. Uh, right. I yeah. know that I tried watching it on Prime Video before, um, but I, I think I bought it on Prime Video, but then I bought the tape, and then I was just like, I'm just going to watch it on that because that was like right in the phase of like, I was like, I'm just going to, if, if it's an older movie, I'm just going to watch it on tape, like true format, you know, it's original anyway. Um, but, you know, that's the whole thing. Like, you know, now I'm, I'm really like trying to dive headfirst into the whole physical media realm of things because, or not physical media, the blue, Blu-ray media, just because like, I think that that is really like a crazy thing to think about that. Like, you know, there are so many films that are getting put out you know from like companies like you know um vinegar syndrome and diabolic and stuff like that and 
it's just rad as fuck that like you can watch something like zombie which i'd only seen like you know on tape which looks beautiful to me but you know then you watch it like this and you're like god damn this is like this is a whole different fucking level of appreciation that you gain for it because like you know sometimes you get one of two things that'll happen you'll either like it'll spoil some of the special effects because like it's brightened up the scene or it's it's kind of toned it up and sharpened it up a little bit and you're like I can kind of see the wire, <laughs> like you know what I mean, yeah, or like, yeah. or like the opposite happens. It intensifies the special effects and makes it like just that much more insane and intense because you know it's like you're a more vivid picture and you're not dealing with like fucking total darkness. <laughs> so yeah, you know. yeah, there's a constant because I think people say that uh, 4K tends to ruin the look of the movie because back then it was all about the green. They're shooting on 35 millimeter, 70 millimeter. There's a certain style that they want. Um, and I think if there are companies who over clean and they smooth things out and they get rid of that and they fuck up the transfers and that does ruin the experience. But for the most part, most studios are restoring the grain and cleaning it up and making it more true to the original vision. Because uh, like Grindhouse releasing, for example, I was sending you guys pictures yesterday. Uh, it was the pieces uh, released that you asked about, Caleb. They're putting out a movie called Death Game, which is was remade by Eli Roth called Knock Knock with Keanu Reeves. Okay, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Death Game has never seen it never got a VHS release, never got a DVD release. This is the first time it's ever hitting physical media. And imagine if we weren't where we're at, that movie would die. It would that that film negative would yeah. rot away somewhere. It'll never see the light. Now it is and that's the beauty behind what's happening with these companies nowadays, these boutique labels. Well, and yeah. I was going to just say, because I think you hit the nail on the head for me anyway. And, and, and again, I'm very much a novice in anything physical collection-wise, unless it's vinyl. But that's just from shout out the grandparents. But other than that, right, I mean, it's for me anyway, it's, it's, it's much more of a like, hey, if I have an opportunity, yeah, I'll do it. But... I mean, I know you guys are deep, like, you know, like way deep into that shit, and I'm just getting my toes wet. But, um, you know, I, I think that's the bigger thing that you just hit the nail, hit the nail on the head with, or nail, nail. Yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah, you got <laughs> Either it. fucking way. Either yeah, way. But I think the, yeah, you got it. But the bigger thing, I think, is that, to that exact point is they're, they're giving, they're giving life back to things that would have died, really, mm-hmm. probably 20, 30 years ago in terms of films that, you know, at the time, somebody like you and I might go, oh, the fuck, what was that movie? Remember this scene with X happened, Z happened, but then there's actual life being brought back with, you know, obviously a, a much better production value with that, you know, with what they're being able to do with, you know, the films now. So I think that's, I think that's what's cool about it. And they, they, they know their lane. They know their niche with what they're trying to hit too. They understand the, the, the following that they have. They understand the buyers that they have, you know, so I think it's, I think it's a pretty cool thing overall that, you know, how many times do you see interviews with different people who are like, ah, fuck, I didn't even know this film, even anybody even cared about it, yeah. you know? And now 20, yeah. 30, 40 years later, it's still being brought up in conversations like these or in Search of Darkness or, or something yeah. to that degree. So I think it's a it's a cool thing overall. I don't want to say it's charitable, but it, in, a, in a kind of a strange way it is to some degree. But they're able to put back into these films that largely would have just been you know, in dust piles or, you know, yeah. sorting through old grandparents' homes from the fucking 1950s, 60s, and 70s. So, yeah, cool well, like a, good e- a good example is like Event Horizon, 
there's always been a notorious director's cut of Event Horizon, and they've been talking about it since the DVD days. When are we going to get the director's cut of Event Horizon? It's been asked over and over, and uh, Scream Factory put it out last year, and they found uh, some of it. They found like little bits and pieces of it, but it was in such bad shape because the studio just fucking ditched it, and they just weren't able to bring it back. And that's what you lose, unfortunately, over time with 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 uh, with the film, you know. So it's miraculous that they're recovering as much as they are. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, like, and then you have like a culprit, uh, you know, like. I wouldn't say culprit, but maybe I'll say culprit. Um, like the Mahoning, you know, that they're like, they're playing the true format, you know, 35s. And, uh, you know, they're keeping the films alive in that own sense. I mean, like, they're doing like, they have like the fucking, they have, uh, what do they call it? Like the, the trailer terror or something like that, where they just like play like old trailers, like, and then like, yes. they'll play like commercials. Like, they'll have like a commercial fest where it'll be like old commercials from like old movies and stuff. And uh, or TV shows and whatever, and uh, I think that's rad as fuck. Like it's just it's cool to have all of that, you know, in in combination. You're seeing a huge resurgence, but uh, you know, to kind of veer back into into zombie, um, I, I want to say that this is probably like the quintessential uh, zombie film for me. I mean. I could watch this over and over again and have a lot of fun with it. There's a lot of times where I can have a lot of laughs with it because the dubbing is so horrible, but it is the yeah. time of, of Italian horror. Um, you know, and any like horror fan and, and, and lover of the genre will take it with a grain of salt and, and enjoy it anyway. Because, you know, what? I think yeah. most of the times back in those days, there wasn't a lot of films that came out that like were to be taken a hundred percent seriously there were you know definitely elements of comedy and then unintentional which is bad dubbing but uh (laughs) well i was gonna say i think what if if no one's ever seen it and like myself a few days ago seen it for the first time and you know from beginning to end i didn't realize it was partially dubbed yeah so i was expecting full-blown just it was just gonna be dubbed and but then i you know tisa farrow who plays ambles which funny little thing there Try to put two and two together related to Mia Farrow of Rosemary's Baby, which is fucking wild. They look almost identical. See, you're hitting but, new effects. I didn't know. Look at that. I love this. Doing a little Snapple Cat facts over there, baby. That's what I'm all about. He's, trying, he's about. trying to impress me, Caleb. That's it. Dude. Yeah, i to be the big dick in the room, dude. You know? <laughs> but, uh, um, no, I, you know, I didn't realize that. So when she starts speaking, which, by the way, that's the funniest. That, that's actually one of the funnier parts to me, like unintentional comedy is when the detectives come into the cabin of the boat and they're asking um, Anne where her, her father's been. And she was like, I don't know. Grilling her. Dude, yeah. grilling her like she fucking eats. And she's like, where did she? He was going to the Antilles and the Antilles. And they're like, oh, we're like <laughs> fucking like, yeah, literally grilling yeah. her about this thing. And it's like, good dude, her fucking dad went, on. yeah, her dad went sailing and hasn't seen her in three months. Like, how the fuck? It's the 70s. How was she going to, what, is she going to yeah. fax him? Like fucking <laughs> send a pigeon with a fucking note? It's, it's like, a carrier, bitch. Dad, the feds are after us. Yeah. Yeah, bro, they were grilling her like right Dude. off the bat, bro. Uh, so funny, man. So and it's like, 
I mean, even like the character depiction of those detectives, like Fulci's de- like notice of detail, like especially to do with the like white wispy hair, like mm. super like New York Italian looking detective, like he hit the nail on the head with that. <laughs> like that's yeah. that's who I imagine like a real detective would be in 1970s New York, like fucking just like Saturday Night Live and it just like walking down the road in a suit. <laughs> you know? But I think a lot. I think the dubbing thing came from, if I remember correctly, it was uh, actors of all from all over the world they would use at one point so you'd have actors who didn't speak english some spoke french or italian or spanish and then they were all in one movie so that's where the dubbing thing came from well and then you get to the the budget background of that film now granted i don't know i think it was in i was reading an article it was in like quid or whatever the fuck italian currency is but it was like 410 i read it as million which is clearly not the case but it was a small budget in the world of italian currency but what I thought was crazy about it is they did shoot in a bunch of different locations. They did actually shoot in New York, but they shot, obviously, a majority of it in Italy. And then I forget the island. It was Santa something I think they filmed in. So yeah. according to... Yeah, I would say according to um, the IMDb, uh, yeah, you have Dominican Republic, Mexico, Italy. Like a lot uh, of places. Yeah, New York. Which yeah. I think... Which is crazy when you think small budget. You, I mean, in a lot of movies at that time, were all typically in one setting of like a fifty to one hundred mile radius. I mean, he's going international this entire time, which I think is crazy for how small of a budget he was working off of. Now, granted, I think they blew that out of the water internationally with how well the film did upon its release. But I, that that's the part that got me from just looking up and just kind of reading the background of this film is just how many places they went with such a small budget. Um, well, Fulci, yeah, he he was known. He he was a very widely renowned filmmaker before he got into horror. So yeah. they studios trusted him. And even though like the shark scene was actually filmed in the ocean, like they that wasn't a tank, and that was a real shark. Whoa. They yeah, so <laughs> that was Whoa. absolutely gnarly. I mean, you can tell, uh, and like. Upon this last rewatch of the of this beautiful, you know, fucking like not you know a tape, but uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, like being able to see detail, it's been it was great. Um, but uh, like you see the shark and you're just like, that's real. Like that's a fucking shark. Like it's a great white. That's a yeah. great white. Actually, I don't know. It's great white. It was a tiger shark, I think, which is uh, renowned uh, as the most dangerous. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. they're, called the, they're the trash cans of the sea. They eat anything. Don't ask me why yeah. I know that. But I couldn't fucking and, tell it was a tiger shark. But and, and it's funny because you can tell because the zombie, whoever plays you know, that, that stuntman that played the zombie, you could tell his handle his handle sharks before, the way he kind of went over the top and grabbed yeah. onto the fins, and then he kind of took the bite out. And, but, but her being in there, with that shark, I couldn't help but think like she's prob. That's probably how terrified she fucking is because I would be oh. shitting myself. I would shark. be shitting myself, dude. Yeah, Fuck the sharks. Meanwhile, waves, I'm watching it, and I already told the, this guy's off air. I'm like, I told you this, but I'm watching it, going, "Why are her tits out? Why is her tits yeah. out? Oh yeah, and she's scuba diving. I'm like. Listen, there's got to be some sort of buoyancy. Maybe it gives her a better like move through the current. Well, I don't really know. But let's just say that it worked. There was no other nudity in the film. Yeah, well, so it had the, to get it somewhere. There had there was, to be nudity somewhere. Wait. I think there was one other scene though. It was, um, oh my gosh, well, I don't know if she's credited or 
or not, but the the girlfriend of Doctor Shower. Oh, true. So that's the okay. only other, but but very tasteful. Not it overkill. Was. It was. It was. Film. It was. No, this was straight up like you watch her rip off the shirt. She's putting yes. on the scuba gear, and then yeah. clearly just going yeah. through. And then there's just like parts where they're just like zooming right in on her tits, and you're just like, wow, this is. <laughs> This is this is definitely the seventies. Yeah, and and Peter West over there is just trying to fucking contain his boner the entire yeah, time. Yeah, he's like, just like, wow, this is so as, cool. As, as, which you know, I I, I don't know that they, <laughs> I don't even think they explain. They don't even with Peter West especially. You understand that he's a journalist and he's kind of like he's got a hunch about what's going on with this whole boat. Do they really give a a, a true background other than his initial run in with Anne in the cabin overnight? That like, hey, I know something's going on, and I know you know too. Here's this document, the letter that I found from your father to you. But they don't. I don't know that that it gives a, a deeper a deeper dive into why he's involved in that. Do they? Or is that really kind well, of well? They show he talks to his boss at the in the beginning. They say like a boat. That's right. There was a, there was a straight a straight boat found. You know, can you can you? go over and find it and then there's that brief scene after he meets her and they they pretend to be hooking up in the boat and somehow that gets them away from being in a boat <laughs> yeah, I, love that too. Yeah. I love that too that's a and then scene. you have him at the phone booth talking to his editor and he's reading the letter the letter but yeah. the part that confuses me is if i was with my wife on an island and i'm going to go on a fishing trip and two random people walk up like Yo, her dad's missing, and I really need to get to this island. Do you mind if I hitch a ride with you? I'd be like, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely fucking not, no. <laughs> yeah. And the cab driver, the cab driver's like, oh, yeah, there's two people, there's two Americans here that are going on a fishing boat. Give me $100, and I'll bring you to them, and maybe they'll, they'll take you with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so fucked. By the way, boys, I have 3% battery on my phone right now. Okay. So I need to plug yeah, go in. Ahead, go ahead, give her the plug, so bro. Keep her, keep her running for me, boys. Yeah, I'll I'm gonna back. keep, I'm gonna keep the back. engine running. All right, cool, cool. Okay. I'm also gonna take a piss. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, so. You're fine. Do your thing. But uh, yeah, no, I think the shark scene was like definitely like a pivotal moment. Um, with I think on it, I think that's like just like really overstep, not overstepping, but like crossing the fucking line of like mm. practical effects and like. Because I'm sure that there was a way that they could. <laughs> I'm sure there was a way that they could have done that, you know, with like some type of something. I don't know, but like they just went all in, and uh, yeah, I mean that is like one of the coolest scenes I think to this day that I've ever seen in horror. I mean, like fuck Deep Blue Sea, you know, like fuck Jaws. Yeah, that was way and like, in more intense. When have you ever seen? I can't offhand remember, but when have you ever seen zombies eating anything but people, like a dog or a people? Like, yeah, that was the first time because that zombie came after her and then was like, "Oh shit, I'm grabbing this thing." Yeah, I was like, "Fuck like, that! I'm gonna fucking thing. kill this thing!" And then it just like <laughs> fucking bites into the shark, and it's like, "Holy shit!" Now my question is: Do you think the shark became anything afterwards? See, that's what I've always wondered, and I'm like, damn, like, I'm surprised that, like, in one of, like, the ten, like, follow-ups that, like, a shark, just, like, a zombified shark. I mean, we do have zombie shark movies, so maybe that was where the idea came from, but, uh, you know, I think, 
I would like to think that in the universe of the Fulci realm, uh, that there is a, a zombified shark swimming around somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Just you know, I mean, you would never know because there's just regular shark attacks. So who's yeah? Who's to know? But the corpse would be reanimated. Yeah, yeah. 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 You see half a corpse no. crawling out of the ocean. <laughs> the swimming. thing that bothers me about all zombie movies, and it happens in here too, is the inconsistency with how long it takes people to come from, uh, like the bite to zombie. Oh yeah. There's always that because there's like the there's always like the people who last for days. They're they're like days, and then there's the people who like they get bit, uh, and then three hours later they're up and at it. Right. So I'm always. But the other my other question with zombie movies is, how are they deciding who they're gonna bite and then move on from, or who are they eating, gourmet style? Because they tend to pick and choose. Very true. Very true. That is a very good point to to talk about. Um, and you see it in so many different zombie movies, like especially Romero films, where like there will be an attack, and then they just move <laughs> on and keep going. I don't know yeah. if it's like a. I think what it might be, it might be like a visceral thing, where like if anything's alive nearby, it has to die, and then yeah. like once the room is cleared of living people, then they feast. Maybe I don't know. That's just kind of shooting it in the dark. But that's like the only thing that would really make sense to me because I don't I, I I can't think of a time where like a zombie is like killed one person and then just feasted on them as opposed to attacking the rest. I mean, well, no, I was gonna say Day of the Dead, but when they when they take um, when they take uh, uh, what the fuck's the dickhead's name um, that gets fucking chopped up. He's in a ripped up into pieces. He's uh, oh, he in our intro. He's yeah. just choke. Yeah, yeah, what the hell? Choke God, um, God damn. I forget. Yeah, well, either way, when that happens, um, that's just, I don't know. I think that that's pretty much what'll happen. Let's see. I feel like main characters are the buffet. Well, you have, like, I always think of Dawn of the Dead just a bite because I think of, like, I think of, um, like, uh, them attacking uh, Flyboy, and it seems that they eat him completely in the elevator and then he comes back and then you have like the biker scene where they just tear them to pieces yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it's very like it, it's like maybe it's your point where if there's nothing else around they're like yeah we're just, we'll, just, we'll just do this or if there's many distractions they're like oh okay yeah alright we're just gonna keep going yeah you know what else I don't know about zombies too if they're like if they're like human, so for instance, when the when they kind of fit, when they when it gets to the graveyard scene, a zombie and the the huge zombie that ends up becoming the face of the actual cover of the mm-hmm. film, like is focusing in on, I believe it's Susan bites her, takes her throat out completely. If you notice, his he's not fixated on the people behind him until he's shot in the back twice, and then he's like, "The fuck you say, dude?" And then turns around. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know. I, I also wonder too, like, do they have an extra sense? You know what I mean? Are they like, you know, can they hear what's around them or can they only see what's like immediately in front of them? You know what I mean? That's the other thing too with some zombies because there's always different amalgamations and formations of what zombies can do in different films versus cannot. Um, With zombie, I'm not really necessarily too sure of that. Like, can they only see what's in front of them? Do they have their other senses? Can they feel something behind them? Like, I don't know. That was my thing 
especially with that particular scene where I'm like, you know, I don't know. Does he, can he fucking, can he see what's going on behind him or not? Or is he just so fixated on literally Susan in this case that he's just going to go ahead and feast on her? Yeah. But, you know, you don't really get the, the backdrop of that too much with a zombie because the other thing about zombies too that I think we kind of take for granted, especially of the major movie monsters, there's no dialogue coming from them. Yeah. Like a vampire. Yeah. Kind of speak his feelings, his thoughts, his beliefs, and his whole backstory, whereas a zombie, it's completely not that. So it's another interesting piece too. You're kind of left in the gray a lot to sort of do what we're doing right now, which is figure the fuck out. Yeah. Well, then you have Romero, who really challenged that with Day of the Dead. With sure. Bub, you know, who really started pushing, what are they thinking? Like, do they have the ability to think or are they just lifeless one thing which is i need to eat that's right. just that and then bub kind of explored the intelligence and then he did it even further in land of the dead where they were able to organize and kind of come to a common goal they traveled they learned yeah. how to use well he learned how to use weapons yeah. they figured out oh if i take this big sharp thing i can break this Yep, and can get through. So Romero, I think, is one of the few people who really challenged what are they? Like, do they have the ability to think? Do they have yeah. the ability to process? So what? it's really interesting. And it kind of, it sort of goes into where we were talking about earlier where like a Frankenstein is almost in a way like a zombie. But if you've ever seen the old OG Frankenstein, there's that scene where he's at the pond with the little girl mm -hmm. and they're like, hours and he's laughing and he's having a good time and he's like oh he shows he has emotion he shows emotion and he's walking i mean he on he's <laughs> <into> the lake <laughs> but he's not happy about it either you know so like to that degree there was sort of that formation of like oh can the living dead still have those human characteristics of emotion but to your point i think romero was the only one since that I can think of really that's actually pushed that envelope since because if you look at like a 28 days later or 28 weeks later I believe 28 weeks I, I think I only saw once so I'm, I'm going off of just pure memory from like being 12 years old but you know again more ravenous clearly could move much quicker oh yeah zombies. you guys consider them zombies though? Uh, I think so yeah I mean they turn instantly so that's like a different that's a different take you're talking about like you know um Bye. Sometimes it's days, sometimes it's, you know, hours. The fucking, the 28 series is, like, fucking instantaneous. You're bit, and, like, it's like you fucking collapse, you convulse, and then you fucking yeah. turn. So Yeah, because I always think of the scene of the guy, the bird, where he looks up and the blood drips into his eye. Yep, and then he's like, oh, and fuck. Then, yeah. It's also a too, by the way. He's a great character. Yeah. I, yeah, that was, that was a bummer. Yeah, big time. When I think... Like, damn it. When I think of 28 days or 28 weeks later, I think of the helicopter shot right at the beginning when he's the only one who survives and he runs out of the house. And there's yeah. that helicopter shot of him just being chased. Yep. And I'm thinking, how fucking scary is that shit? Yeah. Uh, and I, always thought, I always thought that was like the more realistic viewpoint if you were to like look at apocalyptic zombified society that it probably would look much like a 28 days or 28 weeks versus what we know typically as a zombie. Yeah. This moving kind of just you know again one track mind not a lot going on well but i think i think we've talked about this on di like a different episode possibly when we did the um the dawn day land 
episode. Um, But, you know, I got bit by a rabid fucking cat when I was like, I don't know, 16, 15, something like that. And, uh, like, you know, I had to go for, like, the series of shots. And, uh, you know... um, Superpower? You didn't get a superpower? Like, I can see balls now. (laughs) (laughs) Well... I had to get a series of shots that were incredibly painful, and there were oh. multiple of them, and it was just horrible. Um, Dude, you went through that too? I went through the same thing. There's, did you get like eight shots in the butt cheeks? No butt cheeks. Just, oh, I got like I think eight. You got, I think you got something else. <laughs> I got raped. Yeah, I think, I think that's what happened, bro. Oh, shit. <laughs> you, you're, like I, you're like, I browned out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I got so bit. Uh, I got bit on the finger, so they had to give me a shot, literally in the fucking finger, like at the at the where the bite was, and then I had to get um, a shot on the inner, each inner thigh, and then uh, fucking like my biceps, and it, it was fucking horrible. So, and then I had to keep going back. It was like for three months. I had to keep going back like every two weeks and get more shots. And it was fucking horrible, but I didn't get rabies. But they explained to me what, like, happens when you have rabies. And, like, it's truly the fucking zombie apocalypse. Like, without a doubt, it's exactly what it is. Because they said that it can lay dormant in your system for up to three years. So if you get bit by a rabid animal, if if you get bit by any animal, they say that you should, like, go get fucking, you know, you yeah. know, tested or whatever, you know. But uh, it could lay dormant in your system for three fucking years. And, you know, it could also show its face within 24 hours. So you have a window of 24 hours to three years when symptoms can start. And they say that symptoms start off with, like, confusion and, like, just, like, you're just like can kind of confused in like a fuzzy brain and like you don't really understand like what's going on like almost like dementia type deal and then um like paranoia sets in and you become like almost like really like skitzed out and then you don't have like a thirst for like blood or brains or anything like that but they say what usually happens is is that like um, psychosis sets in and you become irrationally violent and you'll just start attacking either yourself inanimate objects or people Um, it really all just depends and then after that um, necrosis sets in and then um, you basically like your limb your your nervous your nervous system will start to shut down and uh you know, you'll be fucked, basically. I, so I just think, like, Caleb, do you ever get confused about something and then you're like, oh, shit. I never thought about <laughs> that, and, and I'm fucking... Well, dude, I got so many shots that I think that if I got bit by a rabid animal now that the rabid animal would just die, and then I would just live. Like, I'd be fine. But Caleb's, like, know, Caleb's like, what was this guy's name again? Yeah. You're a... <laughs> <laughs> you just start punching the person next to you. Just, Fuck! <laughs> it's the rages, don't worry. But 28 weeks later, the wife scene where he goes in to see her, um, or yeah, it's his wife, he goes in to see her, and then she bites him, and then he beats her head in, right? Yeah. Doesn't she? Doesn't he bite her, and then yeah. he smashes her face in? Yeah, it's pretty which, brutal. You know, which is so intense on so many different levels, like your love. Yeah, the rage. Yeah, yeah. total rage. 
Rage, yeah, I think it is it called the Rage Virus. Is that like in that, like dubbed as such in that movie? Yeah, I, I don't forget think it, what they call it in that in those films. I forget because it starts off with monkeys, and it, there's like oh, a PETA. Yeah. There's like a PETA group that like wants to go rescue the, these monkeys that they're testing on and then like the scientist is like no don't fucking let that one out don't let him out and they let him out and he just bites one and then that's how it starts yep. so it's known as the or it's the rage virus also simply knows the infection it's a virulent blood-borne virus that sends its host into a state of extreme uncontrollable rage which is so weird i remember that i haven't reviewed that film in like or looked like looked stuff up about it in like 10 fucking years yeah i yeah. don't know well, we're still waiting on Danny Boyle to put out. He's like talking about twenty-eight years later now. I think. Right. Shit. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Let's go. Well, and I'm just too. Um, speaking of another zombie film that we haven't talked about, but I have a I bought a poster of at the previous Monster Mania in back in November. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. So, thinking about in Shaun of the Dead that happens in zombie is where I left off and went and took a piss and got a charger because I'm not well well prepared man uh, <laughs> and then uh, Brian the boat captain if you will slash lover of Susan sees her and is like drawn in by her to the point he gets bit and becomes a zombie the same thing happens in Shaun of the Dead mm-hmm. if you remember when they're in the um, the Winchester the Winchester uh, and they're fucking the zombies are coming in and they're pouring in they're breaking into the bar and uh oh my god i can't remember his name david david with the yeah. glasses on his mm-hmm. um he gets pulled out by the zombies he comes back as a zombie up to the front of the winchester and pulls in the girlfriend and the girlfriend is there like stricken because it's her loved one entrance by the cat gets <laughs> uh, gets bit by him and taken back as well so yeah. i don't like a shout out to zombie or if that's just something that's commonly happening in zombie like films trope, I- yeah i mean i know that there were a lot of references uh in Shaun of the dead to previous zombie films uh and obviously it's a play on words for, for uh, jesus christ get- for romero <laughs> um you know Shaun of the dead dawn of the dead obviously ha 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 um, dude but not to, not to cut you off, but I feel like we should go back in the log of films. Somebody should, if they can, and pull out all the times you yawn per episode. <laughs> that would be a amazing. compilation of yawns. <laughs> just a compilation of Caleb's yawns, and it's and you're going. There's a little. There's literally one yawn per episode that we do where you just go. Uh, uh, Fuck! <laughs> you yell at your. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yeah, no, it does happen. You're Dude, not wrong. Right. I mean, it, it's the rabies. It's the confusion. <laughs> Fuck! Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I I think that I'm just a sleepy boy, man. I mean, it's just, it's the truth. I'm, I'm always, I'm always sleepy. Yeah, um, I get it. But, uh, yeah, oh, Jesus Christ. Boom! Uh, <laughs> hey, there we go. Um, well, no, listen, what I want to talk about now is the finale of of zombie and one of the funniest things that happens in the movie and i don't know if they realize this 
Um, but I sure as fuck did because it was so fucking funny. It made me laugh a shit ton. So I think it's the church or like the, the, the hospital that they're in at the end. Um, and like everything, the zombies just start breaking in and like, there's like this badass like scene where they're like shooting them and like they're coming through and it's fucking sick. They start making Molotov cocktails and throwing them. And when they're, I know what you're talking about. When they're throwing them, they there's no fire. So like they throw them, it explodes, and then they throw another one. There's no fire in the next shot. And they throw it, and it's the same explosion used like four times from the Molotov. And then eventually the whole building is just on fire. And you're just like, okay, so each time they've thrown a Molotov, it just didn't go off, basically. It's just super funny. I was thinking the same thing. They threw like seven of them. And it just kept going to the same shot. It was the same no shot. Molotov there. Yeah. And I just like it had me it had me trolling. But um yeah, from there on, like it's just like super intense and like the scenes are just uh like it's just like it, I don't know. It's fuck. Got it. Shit, Got it. I'm just I'm in bad shape right now. Um right now dude. it's uh it's 9 12 in the evening and uh that that would be why i'm i'm this state but um yeah no like from there on like the movie just takes like a very like aggressive turn like obviously everyone knows about you know that there's just like they're fucked basically is is how it gets played out um and we we have you know the the fucking the epic ending of which is really not an ending it's kind of just like oh fuck you know it's like this is going to continue and kind of leaves it open for interpretation on where it's going to go from here you know which is interesting about that piece so when they're so obviously Anne and and Peter are back on the boat they're the only survivors from Matula and they get that radio signal in that obviously they're all taking over New York now I I guess it's implied right but my, my question was was it the zombie that was shot off the boat of the Hudson River did he float or get his way back to land was he still alive and that's how he infected the population of New York City or was it something else completely different the con- could have been a coroner could have been a what the, the coroner they were doing remember the two coroners were working on the cop that's right that's a good point that could have been that too yeah you don't know it's all implied I guess that's it's a good point implied, that I- baby yeah, I just love in zombie movies like shout out those reporters who are just there to the fucking end. They're like, yeah, the whole world's being overrun. They're coming into the studio. They're approaching us right now. <laughs> they're standing here just watching us report the news. They're not attacking. <laughs> yeah, they're not <laughs> fighting me. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that is that is so fucking funny. <laughs> like no one gets up and just goes. No, that, that dude's dedicated to his job. That's what yeah. that was. Yeah. They're not like, I'm going home to my family. I'm going to stay right here. Yeah. (laughs) Currently, I'm being bitten right now. One of his bosses (laughs) is like, I've got to get a raise. If he's still alive, (laughs) Dedication. I love that. Yeah, Zombie's fucking great, man. I mean, I said it on my Instagram. It's it's the only, in my opinion, perfect zombie film outside of like Dawn of the Dead. Because Dawn of the Dead, I think, is considered the zombie epic. It's just so big. It's so good. And Day of the Dead is right there i mean day of the dead i think i think my appeal to day of the dead is just tom savini's master effect. yes and it it doesn't have the same tension as dawn and obviously because we already know zombies we already know what they're about it's kind of playing the same card again but zombie is right up there with dawn of the dead in my opinion as the perfect quintessential 
Zombie yeah, that's a that's a good point. I think from what you expect a zombie movie to be, I don't think Dawn and Zombie I think encompass everything you want. Whereas for me, I and I've talked about this on previous episodes. I'm so plot point driven that I like the the deeper dive into who what the zombie is at its core in Day of the Dead, plus Tom Savini's effects that I think just it pulls it in for me. And Bub is a character, mm-hmm. fucking, he's just such a standout character. Mm-hmm. Of, of really any zombie movie, to be honest, I think the only standout, to be quite honest with you. Um, where, but I, but I think from what what you expect out of a zombie movie, I think Zombie and Dawn of the Dead have that. In you know, I mean, they they offer it a ton. I mean, it's it's exactly the form that you want it to be in. Whereas, if you want to kind of get deeper, a deeper dive into, okay, what could the zombie become or what could it be? If you're like a fucking, if you're like us who wants to do that type of research, Day mm-hmm. of the Dead. Yeah. But you have to. You couldn't just jump into Day of the Dead, though. I think you'd be like, "What the fuck is going on?" You'd be super confused. This one, yeah. And I think it's super interesting too. Like this launched Fulci's career into horror, and from yeah. there, I mean, you have The Beyond, you have City of the Living Dead, and same thing with City of the Living Dead. Um, when I was a kid, I remember seeing the uh, stair scene where the girl just starts she she starts puking up her own insides in the car and. I remember watching that on, on that, like, the kill of the day and being like, what the fuck is happening? Like, it was always, like, Fulci, and then there was a couple, like, Dario Argento ones from, like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Tenebrae. Yeah, Where the so girl, good. the girl gets her arm chopped off by the axe, and she swings, and the whole wall gets coated in fucking blood. And I watched that over and over when I was younger. So, for me, anyway, I think... Uh, I've been much more American-driven in my horror history, whereas, I mean, because of this podcast alone, I've actually gotten into more of the form, foreign films. So I like I hadn't seen High Tension prior to this. So good, yes, so good. I, but I hadn't seen, <laughs> for better or for worse, Tormentor before <laughs> back in the day. But you know, I, I hadn't seen a lot of these films. So, and I, I said this at the beginning, you know, when we first started this thing. I mean, honestly, thank God for it this podcast in a lot of ways because I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't be watching these films or I wouldn't have a reason to or I wouldn't probably even remotely stumble upon it to be quite frank with you so you know it's it's definitely for anybody who's watching who's like I haven't fucking seen this film well guess what neither have I until this episode so you know you gotta you gotta live through it with me right so I think that's what's that's what's so cool about it man and I, I think you know I, I mean not to get all meta here but I think you know shutting out the community in general they've been very welcoming too because I think I think these type of communities get a bad rap sometimes for quote unquote gatekeeping, but I gotta tell you, I mean, for somebody who who loves horror but sort of has been more surface level for most of his life, getting deep deep diving into things, I mean, it's been a warm embrace from everybody, so it's pretty fucking dope to be honest. Oh yeah, with you. you know that's what I'm looking forward to is is more of the Fulci, the Argento films that I just haven't seen or touched on that you guys speak so highly of. I'm fucking stoked to watch them, and I know we'll get to them eventually, but uh, I gotta say, you know, zombie. Zombie was fucking sick, man. Zombie was a great yeah, let's, watch. Yeah, let's uh, let's go around the table. And I'm Ty. It's your first watch. Out of so, five, what are we saying? Out of five, what though? We gotta get creative here. Out of five, uh, there's a lot of zombified fruits. shark bites. Out of oh, all right. Out of five, out of five zombified shark bites. I would give this a four point one zombified shark bites out of five. Here's why I said. So for me, I think at its time of 
probably filmed in 78. Um, I think the I think the effects are amazing. I think the camp the cinematography of the film is fucking out of this world for its time period. Um, now knowing Fulci's background, it makes a lot of sense as to why the film was filmed so well. Not to sound in here. Um, I think some of the plot points, again, I'm, I'm very storyline driven, which sometimes just doesn't always work within horror, and I have to kind of understand that. There were some gray areas, right, with, you know, um, some of the things we had talked about earlier in the episode. I, I still think from a storyline perspective, though, it's a very straightforward film. You can understand why they do the things that they do, why the mm-hmm. events are events. Um, you know, I think... I, I'm also having to get used to, to to the dubs. I'll be honest with you guys. I think that's the other thing that I'm trying to work through that you know I haven't had to deal with prior. Um, you know, I think the partially dubbing that threw me off at the first 20 minutes, but then I, I kind of I warmed up to it, so it, mm-hmm. it, it pretty well. But I think I actually thought the acting was pretty fucking solid. To be honest with you guys, I thought like you know out, out, it is yeah yeah unintentional comedic scenes. I thought the acting was actually done really really well. Um, you know, shout out Tisa Farrow. I think she, her and Ian McCulloch, I think they hold that fucking, they hold those roles down without question. Um, and I, I also thought too, just the, the different settings and backdrops of this film were super fucking cool too. Kind of reminded me of Day of the Dead a little bit because Day of the Dead has a lot of transitions and different scenes and different settings that I liked quite a bit. It also did remind me of Dawn of the Dead, how they're, you know how in Dawn of the Dead they're sort of trapped in this mall. They're also trapped on this island, so it gave a lot of the same effects and a lot of the same paranoias that people would have if they were trapped in isolation in a small area. Um, I thought it was an awesome film. I'm excited to see other Fulci films as well. I think this is an awesome kickstart to that for me. Um, yeah, I think the storyline just kind of being there was just some little plot holes that I, I missed or, or didn't necessarily hit on. But I think another thorough watch through might answer some of those questions. But overall. 4.1 out of 5 for me guys honestly love it I would anyone who hasn't seen it get ready for the partial dubs but other than that it's a fun fucking watch it's a good time it's a good time hell yeah alright Chris I'm gonna kick it over to you buddy what uh what are your ratings on this so I think very clearly people are gonna know like I go 5 out of 5 it, it, it's you know here's the thing I think that this movie is more influential than people give it credit for I think that it's interesting that this was basically supposed to be a, not a Dawn of the Dead ripoff, but Dawn of the Dead, like we need to jump on this bandwagon. And that's where this film came from. I think it's really interesting that Fulci came out of doing weird Italian thrillers to make a horror film. And I think the film just works from beginning to end. Like, I think it kicks off so strong. Every, it's different because it, it reminds me of what Return of the Living Dead did, which is these are the dead rising from the ground. And yeah. that is terrifying to me to think like, it's scary to think like, hey, Judy across the street got bit. She's coming after me now. But it's even scarier to think corpses that are possibly hundreds of years old are rising. They're coming out. I don't know how they're mobile, but they're coming out of the ground. Um, and the thing I think I love most is how hard hitting every single bit of gore is in this movie. Every bite, like you can almost feel the eye scene. There's so many notorious moments. Just take the poster, just take that one sheet 
of the main zombie, I'll call it, because that's what everybody knows. But just take that one sheet. I think this film left a huge impact, and I think it's great that it doesn't try to overcomplicate it. It's not convoluted. It's yep. very straightforward, and it's impactful, and it stays with you. So I go five out of five. Fucking love it. Hell yeah. And uh, I'm going to come in with a hot five out of five as well. Um, this is my... F- ah, fuck, it's so hard, but I think this might be my favorite zombie film next to uh, Day of the Dead. Um, but yeah, I mean, to, you guys both hit a lot of, of the, the pinpoints that I would hit on. God damn it. Ha! Love it. Um... It wouldn't That's be a rating without it. Yeah, it wouldn't be a rating Four without a yawn. Four. Um, but uh, I will say that anyone that hasn't seen this film that's listening, watching, uh, go watch this. It's on Shutter. It's on Tubi for free. Um, if you want a physical copy of it, um, there's a Blue Underground release. Uh, there's a who does the 4K? Blue Underground. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah. yeah, so Blue Underground puts out uh, the the goods for this release. Um, and yeah, I definitely recommend that you uh, you go check this one out. This is a, a must-watch for anyone that uh, is into horror, likes zombie films, and uh, wants to get a little grossed out. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, listen, we got to talk about something really important. Because we have forgot to talk, talk, forgot to talk about it. Yeah, we, we have forgotten to talk about it. Maybe I don't yeah. know. Um, but we are going to be at this year's first inaugural uh, Friday the Thirteenth Con at the Blairstown Diner in Blairstown, New Jersey, and we are absolutely fucking stoked. Um, so there's going to be a lot of guests there. Goober, it would be wonderful yeah, Goober, if you didn't nope. bark. He's just no, he's he's like, letting you guys it. know. He's, he's hype. I'm fine for these guys. He's, I'm about to be there. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, Goob's uh, be- yeah, Goob's going to be slinging shirts. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll excited, be there. Say again? Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to go. I'm fucking excited because I was going to go just hang out, but we're in the crew. Yeah, part of the crew. crew. That's it, baby. And we're going to be doing, um, we're going to do a live broadcast while we're there, uh, which will be really fun. Um, We're going to bring some stuff with us. We'll have merch and uh, items and goodies for you to be able to to purchase from us. Um, So for anyone that lives around Blairstown, New Jersey, uh, make sure you come out. It's going to be fucking sick. It's May 13th and 14th. We will be in attendance on the 14th. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't go also on the 13th because there will be a list of guests on Friday and on Saturday. Um, We'll have people from uh, previous movies. Um, The lineup of guests, uh, I will pull up now um and let you guys know who will be there um but in the meantime let's see here we go in the uh, me- yes right, go ahead cool. i was just say in the in the meantime um so i guess we all have fucking we have we have the podcast we have the tape head animals now we got chris's cat we got goob i don't animal so i'm just shouting out the listeners for a second hey send your recommendations in what should animal should i get there you i go. need to have I don't have one, so I need something to be a part of this, part of this crew. So everybody, it's animal. My dog, my dog is here. He he was in here earlier, but yeah, I have a, I have a little pet that looks exactly like Caleb. 
<laughs> they do look I similar. Get, I think we get a pit, so we just kind of commit the trifecta there. We will. You know? We will. That's what we'll do. Adopt. Adopt. So for shot. guests, we have Lauren Marie Taylor. She will be there on the 13th only. Uh, Sean Richards will be there Friday and Saturday. Ron Milky will be there on Friday. Uh, Deborah Voorhees will be there Friday and Saturday. Um, Tracy oh, yeah. Savage will be there Saturday only. Um, Ron Sloan will be there Friday and Saturday. Haley Greenbauer will be there Friday and Saturday. Bill Randolph, Friday only. And Carol, Loco- Carol Locatell will be there Friday and Saturday. Um, there is uh, events on Friday that include vow renewals with South Jersey Jason, which will go from 1.30 to 2.30. So if you're interested in getting your, your vows renewed, there you go. Um, from 2 to 6, there will be an alumni signings and photo ops. Um, Ron Milkey in costume photo op uh, at 5 to 6. Um, brown panties photo op with Lauren Marie Taylor from 5 to 6. Uh, and dinner with the Friday the 13th alumni from 6.30 to 7.30. Uh, a Q&A session with the alumni from 7.30 to 8. And then from Friday the uh, f- oh Friday the 13th part 1 and 5 screenings with the alumni from 8 to 11. Um, that's the Friday itinerary for Saturday. Um, we have... Uh, 1 p.m. is the costume competition. Uh, 2 to 6 will be the signings and photo ops. Uh, dinner will be from 6.30 to 8. Uh, Friday the 13th, part 3, the memoriam documentary with Sean Richards will be from 7 to 8. Uh, from 8 to 8.30, it's a Q&A with Sean Richards and Tracy Savage. From 8.30 to 10, fanboy screening with Deborah Voorhees, Tracy Savage, Ron Sloan, and Haley Greenbauer. And from 10 to 11, is 13 fanboy Q&A with Deborah Voorhees, Tracy Savage, Ron Sloan, and Harry, Haley Greenbauer. Um, and yeah, it's going to be sick. Uh, Blairstown Diner will be providing the dinner for both days. It will be buffet style, ordering different options, offering different options each day. Menu options will be posted soon. So definitely very excited for this event. It's going to be gnarly. Um, we're excited to be there. Uh, as guests and as a part of the event, um, which will be our first con that we will be doing as the Tapehead Massacre. Um, And like I said, we'll have merch, we'll have goodies, we'll have all kinds of stuff. So that is what I have for you guys there. Another important one that we have to talk about is we'll be having a guest on in two weeks um so not next episode but the following episode we will be watching tourist trap with mia wallace from dark shade films we're very excited to have her on it's gonna be uh it's gonna be rad we're excited and for next week that's what we do have to decide on now chris we gotta figure out when you'll be able to you'll be you'll be going away you're gonna be in tejas Texas, Texas. Ow, yeah, so I actually leave for Texas Sunday at 3 a.m. Okay. Oh, Sunday. So I leave Sunday at 3 a.m. Um, I believe I might be free Friday night. Okay. I think. Um, but yeah, I will be gone until Thursday. So I'll be okay. gone Sunday. I'll be gone well, the 3rd to the 7th. Okay, so we could probably get in something on Saturday then, maybe, 
if everyone's free. What, do, what are we thinking? Well, that's what we, we got. Or Friday night. Yeah, we got we to gotta figure that one out. We do have to figure out what we're going to be watching for next week. So, Ooh. Well, listen, we got the – we got the – so here's the thing. We don't have to – and we've made this fallacy a time or two where we said we're going to watch something on the episode and then we go – Nah, fuck it. And then Let's, we do something. I like this idea. I, I see where you're going. Let's not say we're going to do something. And then, and then we'll get, just do it. We got It'll the group chat. Bad about it. We'll I see like what happens. And we'll, we'll give you what you fucking want next week. And if you don't like it, fuck off. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> Fuck it. We, fuck it, dude. Fuck it. No, we'll be fine. And we'll do we'll, it live. We'll, we'll do it live. As always, as I always say, if you guys have any recommendations, things we haven't watched, things we've talked about watching, but maybe haven't gotten to, or yeah, 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 um, you know, let us know. You know, any um, Spotify users, anyone that listens to us with Spotify, there will be a section. I don't have Spotify, so I can't tell you where the fuck this is going to be at on the app. But there is going to be. We will be asking you questions, and you will have the ability to answer them within the Spotify app. Um, there will be a general question of what movies should we check out, uh, with an additional one that pertains to the episode. So there will be a zombie little questionnaire uh, for this week's episode. So just make sure when you're done wrapping this up, don't do it while you're driving. Or do uh, – fuck it, whatever you want to do. But yeah, live, uh, yeah, live your life. Um but yeah, make sure you check that out on Spotify for Apple Music or Apple Podcast users such as myself. We don't have shit like that, so um, you're beat. So just talk to us on Instagram. Um, yeah. That leave being a said, yeah, leave a review. Yeah, make sure you rate, review, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen to because that shit really does help out. It's very cliche. All podcasts say it, but uh, the reason that we do say it is because it helps us get our show in front of more ears and eyes and every time you make a review and you do a rating uh it puts us a little bit higher on the scale for more people to check out so it is important we do ask of you to do that if you would be so kind but uh all that being said um i want to take a second to shout out some homies um the bad taste video podcast boys um straight fucking homies um Harflicks and Guitar Picks, another fucking banger of a podcast. Um, make sure you go check him out. He always has fucking cool-ass guests from different bands on talking about horror movies. Um, and then make sure you check out Neon Brainiacs, another fucking good movie podcast. Those dudes know what's up with good stuff. Um, make sure you check out Ghoul on Ghoul podcast. They have a really sweet paranormal section that they talk about that's always fun, and uh, they're just a good listen to in general. Um, make sure you check out Laser Graves. Uh, EK is the homie. Um, so make sure you go. They're just an 80s podcast, so it's not generally around horror all the time, but it's a, it's an 80s horror podcast, or an 80s podcast in general. Um, so make sure you check out all of the friends, all of the homies, and... Uh, yeah, listen, um, I'm Caleb. I'm Tyler. And I'm Chris. And I just want to quickly shout out uh, overall guy on 55 with the pillow. I'm fucking coming for you. Coming for you, bro. Watch out. You better stay off them roads. Stay off them fucking God damn it. Well, listen, this has been another fucking episode of the Tapehead Massacre podcast. We thank you guys for coming in every week. And uh, stay tuned for episode 30, which will be out next week, the big 3-0. We're excited. And uh, you'll see what it is soon. And uh, we'll catch you guys then. Later, babes. Later.
By the way, um, I should say that the last bit when I 